Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. As you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules Register projections and picks for every single game. Sign up on Dub Club. Cost under $1 per day. Links in the show description get you access to the Discord chat where we talk about betting on all sorts of sports, including, of course, the NHL and NBA finals. Uh, you know, some tennis with the French Open, golf, MMA, all sorts of stuff uh, over there on that Discord chat. Gets you the A-plus play of the day, which is still around that 10% or on the season, all the extra A grades and totals that we aren't covering on show. Uh, the price needed for an A grade on every single game. Got a lot of goodies over there on Dub Club. You get under $1 a day. Sign up link in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. We'll take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted. When the umpire in San Diego decides that he's going to call two of the Cubs out in the first inning on pitches that are like four inches outside and then not give Hendricks, the calls on the other side. And, you know, that was just kind of a mess. And that stuff happens, unfortunately. You just never know when the umpires are going to be for you or against you. It's not personal. Some, you know, they're just doing their best. But sometimes it helps and sometimes it hurts. It will balance out in the long run. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. The idea being long-term, we've been successful. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to talk about six games here. I'm probably going to nail one of them to a T. I'm probably going to miss one of them like crazy. And we're not really concerned about what happens in one game. What we're concerned about is the totality, the overall predictive ability of the model. It's done great for us so far. We're just going to keep trusting that process. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, right? You know, Monday, it was a good bounce back day uh, for us. Uh, and a lot of games, uh, easy A-plus play of the day winner in the Astros uh, against Alec Manoa, who unfortunately now we don't get to fade in the near future. But, uh, you know, it's just like I talk about more good days than bad days. And that's uh, what we're hoping. Hopefully that uh, Tuesday happening. Games are getting going right about now as I'm recording. Hopefully the rest of Tuesday uh, goes well for us. Uh, and, and Wednesday got you covered from start to finish. Got you covered for the late game, the early game, the middle games. Uh, should be a great day of baseball. But before we get to it, some quick reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content this channel provides. The way I scale picks A grade money line plays will return four units. It is the risk plus win amount adds up to four. B grades return three. C grades return two totals or flat bet. It's like uh, flat betting, but it's a little bit more dynamic instead of just saying we're going to bet to win one or we're going to risk one. We kind of play with the numbers a little bit. It does the math for me as opposed to me having to look at a dog. Uh, like if we're going to play the A's hypothetically later today, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, you know, you got to look at it. And you got to say, do I really want a full unit on that? Or do I want a half unit on that? Or, or, or do what, you know, a lot of our picks our big picks are two, three unit plays. You know, do, do I want to put two units on that sort of thing? Kind of just does the math for us here by this ABC grade scaling. So I kind of like it. You can see it on screen, check it out if you like it. But with that, with the picks, with everything, take what you like and leave the rest starting off here. Uh, that athletics game. 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You're going to take the A's. Plus 143. It's a B-grade pick. Model says plus 147 would be an A-grade. 
there's probably no rush on this. I can't see the A's taking any steam. So, I mean, I don't really think you need to run to the window to bet plus 143. If he gets up to plus 147, it's an A grade. Just kind of wait it out and see where it goes. Uh, you know, I think that this is priced too high. I think there's value on the A's, and usually the number goes towards the model. So this is a situation where because I know the number usually goes towards the model, I'm putting a little bit on the A's now, but I'm holding back, and if the number gets better, then I can put even more, and that's kind of what the B grade implies here at these plus odds models says it should be pirates minus 133 that they win 57 percent of the time bottom line on this hogan harris not as bad as he's looked 10 innings pitched not a good era but the underlying metrics suggest he's been serviceable he's got the prospect pedigree his numbers in the minors are decent enough i think he can be similar to a jp sears i don't think he's drastically different sears kept us in that game monday we couldn't quite pull it out at big plus odds uh, but it was looking good for a while he just didn't go quite deep enough. And I think Hogan Harris is kind of a similar guy. I think that, you know, if you get distracted by a couple of his outings here this year, uh, you know, you're going to get misled, but he hasn't thrown that many innings. It's not going to say, but one good outing uh, to all of a sudden his numbers look good. That good outing could easily come against the pirates offense. That's a much weaker uh, than it, than it, than it was at the start of the season. We talked about that a lot thing to note. Uh, they, the A's may switch this up. So if you're betting pitcher dependent, which you should be, uh, and if you're not, you can do that easily at Bet Online or Bet US. Sign up links are in the show description for those two offshores that have good prices, early lines out. You absolutely need an account at least at one of those two. If you're betting pitcher dependent, the A's so far, both times he's pitched, have thrown an opener in front of him. So that might be the case. If so, it doesn't change the handicap. If it's just an opener and they expect and we expect Harris to get the bulk of the innings, he's listed as a starter right now, but you just never know what they're gonna do with this. So I don't know if they're gonna actually let him start or not. I haven't dove too deep into it, but just keep an eye on that. If it if you are betting pitcher dependent and they do announce an opener, you will need to rebet. Uh, to make sure that you, you get your number in on this one. Uh, or you can just take action and not care. Uh, this is a situation where I would do that because I, it doesn't really matter if, if Hogan starts or an opener starts. I think the A's have some good value as a dog. I think they're a live dog. Unlike on Tuesday where you know we're on the Pirates big, this is a situation where I think the A's have a chance to win uh, close to 50%, 43% is about as close to 50% as they get all season, it seems like. And part of that is that Rowan Z. Contreras for the Pirates, not very good. 482 ERA on the season. Advanced metrics say that's pretty spot on. In fact, maybe he should be a little bit worse than that. The A's offense isn't bad, and it kind of compares pretty equally to the Pirates. Obviously, the A's bullpen is a lot tougher. It blew it for us Monday. It could easily blow it for us here. But this is one of those things where uh, the A's are going to win some games, and this is a decent chance for them to win. Plus 143, I think, makes a little bit of sense. You could play it on the run line if you want. I'm not touching the run line. I know they covered the run line on Monday. But I'm not touching the run line here specifically because I like the over 8.5. I think it's more likely to be a 6-4 to four type game, you know, a 7-3 to three type game. Sometimes a little bit more crazy with the runs. Model projects. 9.9 runs it'll be about 70 degrees for the totality of this game and the wind will be blowing out at 10 to 15 miles an hour so you're going to see some home runs potentially some routine fly balls turn into doubles in the gap things like that with extra runs happening with the uh, pirates starter not being very good with the age relievers not being very good i think that these offenses aren't going to put up seven apiece necessarily but somebody's going to score some runs in this game it could be a wild game. And if so, that just makes the plus odds even more exciting. So I'm on the over here. I like the plus odds because I don't really know what's going to happen. I think it might be a wild afternoon game. Hopefully it's entertaining for us. I think it's the only game at this time slot. 
but I think the A's are a live dog. Hoping the number gets up towards plus 150, and that's where it becomes an A grade. That's where I'll add a little bit more, but I'm comfortable locking it a little bit at the B grade here, as I think the Pirates are overpriced in a game where they do not have a starting pitching edge, and they don't really have an offensive edge either. So it's not like uh, you know the Pirates uh, you know should be big favorites uh, in this one. That's why we're on the A's here. 410 p.m. Eastern Mariners, the Padres. Look, uh, both of these teams, uh, you might have your American League favorite and National League favorite if you were uh, talking about most disappointing teams of the season. Both these teams hovering around 500. On the Mariners at an A grade, the models cooled off of them. We backed the Mariners a lot. Haven't done great doing it so far. They were great to us last year. We're still up on them. If you take last year and this year combined, even this year's struggles, we're still way ahead of the Mariners. We made so much money on the Mariners last year. Models kind of cooled back and realizing that they aren't good. The model has adjusted. Here's the thing is that it's just a big picture discrepancy in this one between George, George Kirby and Michael Walker. And I think that's where we're going to get the value. So I'm trying to identify why we're getting value. I think in the, in the A's game, I think the value coming on the A's is that I think Hogan Harris is actually the better pitcher between him and Ryan C. Contreras. And I'm not sure people realize that here. I think we're getting the value because I think people realize that George Kirby is a better pitcher, but I don't think they realize by how much. And that's why the Mariners at plus odds are an A grade here. Model says they should be favored to the price of minus 115 that they went over 53% of the time. Anything minus 104 is or better is an A grade. So if you want to play minus 105, if that's what you're looking at as an A grade, that seems perfectly reasonable. But the Mariners' bullpen is elite. Offensively, the Padres have an edge, absolutely. But the gap between Kirby and Waka is larger than the gap between the Mariners and Padres offensively. And the Mariners, of course, have the good bullpen to back it up. Waka's looked good so far this season on his results. 348 ERA, but the underlying metric suggests his ERA should be in the mid-fours. I think he's a league average pitcher where I think George Kirby is is a very good pitcher. Maybe not great, but very. he's not Luis Castillo, but he's still a really good pitcher. And that makes the difference in this game between two offenses that have really struggled. Give me George Kirby at plus odds. A great pick. Tremendous value. And there's really not a ton more to say on it than that. With regards to the total, the ball flies a little bit better there in the day. Something to keep in mind on. If you wanted to go the under route, it's not a bad play. Total I'm seeing right now is eight. I'm not doing it yet. I'm not pulling the trigger yet. I'm just waiting to see some better odds and some different lines, but I like the under. So thinking about the under eight here, model projects 7.2. Wind will be blowing mostly across chilly day in San Diego like it always tends to be, it seems like. I'm just not loving the under quite as much, but these unders, even the ones I haven't loved as much, have still come through for us in San Diego, even when they shouldn't, for one reason or the other, they still keep hitting the books, have not adjusted enough. I just like this one a little bit less than I do maybe like Tuesday's under or like Monday's under, just because the fact that the that the the ball carries just a little bit better there in the day than at night. This being a 4:10 Eastern start is a one o'clock local time, so the ball will carry just a little bit better, like it did on Sunday. We held on to that under on Sunday, barely by the hair of our chinny chin chins. I think this one holds on under as well, but it's just a little bit closer of a call. So I lean under. I'm thinking about the under. I'm just, I'm not pulling the trigger yet, but under's the way I'd be looking for sure would not be playing it over because the better offense is the Padres, but the better pitcher is Kirby. I think Kirby can shut them down. And I don't really trust the Mariners to put up like a seven spot against anybody. Walk is decent enough to get outs. This sets up to be a three to two type game. So I think under eight still makes a lot of sense. I just like the Mariners more than the under, but the under's the way to go. Mariners, a great play, also a strong play. Speaking of under, 6.05 p.m. Eastern Tigers with the Phillies. A good under bet here, and I'm not going to bury the lead. Why is that? Reese Olsen, good, okay? And people don't realize that yet. Looked good his first start out. 
the underlying metrics suggest he was even better than the fact that he went five innings, uh, only gave up two earned runs. Projects to be well above average, good pedigree, good minor league numbers. I think people are treating him like you kind of would think you would treat a Tigers pitcher coming up. But I think he's better. I think he maybe should have been in the rotation all season. And, and, and or and or the Tigers have had some injury issues, right? And, and their rotation might actually be pretty good if they could have stayed healthy, right? So that's kind of the other kind of asterisk in this, uh, that the Tigers have started some weaker starting pitching. But part of that's injuries, right? This kid's actually good, though. And I think that's why the under makes a lot of sense here because people don't realize that people know that Zach Wheeler's good. People don't realize that... Reese Olsen is good. That's why there's value, in my opinion, on this under eight. Model says 7.1. We're going to have winds blowing in at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It's going to knock the ball down. That's going to help us out. We're going to start off in the mid-70s. We're going to close around 60 degrees. If we aren't getting runs early, it's going to be harder and harder and harder. Wind still going to be strong in temperatures dropping. Tigers bullpen, decent enough. Phillies bullpen at least has been maybe a little better of late, I guess. <laughs> but the bottom line is I don't really trust either offense. I know the Phillies had an offensive explosion on Monday. Um, but I think against Reese Olsen, I don't think they're going to put up the same 11 spot or whatever that was with regards to the side model says tigers plus 208 is B grade value. So it should be Phillies minus 202. This is one where if I was to play this, I would really be looking tigers run line. Why is that? I think it's going to be a low scoring game and that makes the run line have a little bit more value than otherwise. If the total is well-priced, Make sure you hear me on this. This is kind of a confusing concept, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. If the total is well-priced, whether it's a low total or a high total, the run line doesn't have any increased value based off of the run scoring. But if the total is mispriced, if you think the number should be lower, that makes the plus one and a half a better play because the books aren't factoring in the lower amount of runs that you think it should have, and that makes it more likely to be a one-run game. If you think the total is off the other direction, that the number should be higher, it makes the minus one and a half have a little bit more value. So that's something to think about if you're playing run lines, how you feel about the total actually should help inform how you feel about the run line. I think this is an under. I think the Tigers plus one and a half makes more sense. I'm not playing it yet. Again, just kind of waiting around, seeing the numbers, want to shop around and early on in the day, the day before, you just don't have as many options. So I just want to see some numbers on this one. But I think the Tigers would be the way I would look. Zach Wheeler is good enough to shut down the Tigers. But what I said about Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler is lather, rinse, repeat. Wheeler hasn't looked good this year. Guy, Another guy, just like Nola, I own in, in fantasy and in, in our dynasty league, been kind of disappointing. Advanced metrics say he should be better than his 433 ERA, but it just hasn't been that good. It's a step back for him, just like it's been Nola. But just like I said with Nola, and you saw giving up one hit, and of course that one hit provided three unearned runs, thankfully unearned for me from the fantasy standpoint. But if you're going to turn it around, like like you were hoping Nola, hopefully that turns him around. If you're going to turn off Wheeler, same thing, right, at home, against the Tigers, that's when to do it, right? So I still think he'll do well, but there's, you know, I think the Tigers have a little bit of value because this isn't really the vintage Zach Wheeler yet. Hopefully yet. Hopefully he gets it figured out and this is when he gets it figured out. But the Phillies are priced too high that without Wheeler being really in form, I can't back the Phillies at this price. I'm okay taking a big favor if it makes sense, if it's valuable, if that's where the edge is. Uh, Taking the Pirates at a huge price on Tuesday night. This isn't it for the Phillies because this is not the Zach Wheeler that I trust uh, with that regard. That said, I still think the under makes sense simply because, and and I don't want you to think I'm contradicting myself. I think the under makes sense because 
for the over to go awry, we're going to have to have something like Monday where one team scores like 11 runs, which sure that happens in baseball, but that is not common, right? We don't expect that. The other way it goes over is if both teams score a lot of runs and you look at it and you say, Wheeler could be on, Olsen could, could be on, both these guys could be, there's just a lot of ways that this goes under. So the under is kind of the safer of the two plays. Cause even if Wheeler struggles, which he might, and it turns out to be a, a, a four to two game, the Tigers, you know, score four runs. I'm not sure how many runs a Philly score. This offense is right around league average at this point. They're not great, not with the way they're currently constructed. Uh, and like I said, I think that Tigers, I think the Tigers have been scrappy this year, playing a lot of low scoring games. So I could, I think the Phillies win. According to the model, they win 67% of the time, but they don't win with enough probability that makes the price that they're at right now justifiable. So if I was playing a side, I'd be playing the Tigers, be looking at the run line, but the under, I think, is the strongest play in this one. 16 p.m. Eastern Royals at the Marlins. I think the Marlins at minus 162 B grid. Like I said, I'm not afraid to take a favorite if that's where the value is. I think that's where the value is on this one. Uh, Jordan Lyles and Edward Cabrera. Lyles has been terrible. This last start, he actually pitched pretty well. Then the bullpen struggled for him. And that's the thing with the Royals. The Royals have just been a disappointment. When their pitchers pitch, when their starters pitch well, the bullpen lets them down. When the starters and the bullpen pitches well, the offense lets them down. When the offense lets them down, the starters let them down. It's just been a disaster for the Royals this year. And I don't really see how that changes. Edward Cabrera is a solid pitcher. We talked about how he can be kind of hit or miss. I'm much more fearful of backing Cabrera against a good offense. This Royals offense isn't good, in my opinion. And the advanced metrics for Cabrera are promising and suggest that he might be going in the right direction and that ERA is just lagging behind. So it's a situation where if he keeps pitching this well, given another month, his ERA might drop below four and you might become more of a believer. But I'm looking at it. I'm already, I'm kind of jumping on board Cabrera. And I think I'm hesitantly thinking he's going the right direction. Lyles, I know he had a really good start last time out. Even though his advanced metrics are better than that ERA, it's still terrible. He's one of the weaker pitchers in baseball. And this Marlins offense, while not great, should be able to hit around Lyles and those relievers. Models say this should be model says this should be Marlins minus 170. That anything minus 153 or better is an A grade. So we're not really close to the A grade, but it I, I think the Marlins are still a reasonable play here. If the price gets better, we can add more to it. But I still think this is worth investing in as long as you're minus 170 or better on the Marlins. I don't want to pay too big of a price beyond that, but fading the Royals has been profitable. And I don't see why we shouldn't here. It's kind of that simple. With regards to the total, actual total is 8.5. Model projects 9.1. I would definitely look over anytime Lyles is involved. You can think over anytime the Royals bullpen's involved. You can think over. I don't love it. Uh, why don't I love it? This Marlins offense, like a good day for them might be scoring five runs. And this could easily be a five to three game. Um, I think if Cabrera is figuring it out, he could easily allow two runs or one run or something like that. So I don't love this under, I mean, this over, excuse me, model says go over. If I had to play it, I'd play over. If it gets to eight, I'm playing over eight, eight and a half. Like over, don't love it, but I definitely think the Marlins is worth our investment. 7 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Diamondbacks at the Nats. I took the Nats at plus 118. This is a pretty coin tossy type game model, says the Nats can win 47% of the time. If it gets up to plus 125, that becomes an A grade. Patrick Corbin's been a decent pitcher to back. He's been um, mispriced really all season. He's been decent. He's not good, uh, but he's being priced if he's terrible. He's just meh, which is acceptable if you're being priced like you're terrible. Uh, underlying metrics suggest the ERA should be more in the mid fours, just kind of very, just very meh. But again, he's being priced like he's really, really bad. I don't think he is. You know who is bad, in my opinion? Zach Davies. 
540 ERA in his 18 innings this season. Advanced metrics say around five makes sense. He does not project well. And I think the Nats have a starting pitcher edge. I can't believe I'm saying that. Patrick Corbin, but here we are. Diamond Max are the better team, but with Corbin being the better starter, this game being in Washington, I think anything can happen. I think plus 118 makes sense. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I like grabbing the dog here. I'm also going under nine. I like the minus 103 close to even money. Model projects 8.4. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out where there's value, why there's value on certain things. I think the value that we're getting here is that Patrick Corbin's still being mispriced. If he's being mispriced with regards to the side, he's being mispriced with regards to total as well. Wind is going to be blowing in at almost 10 miles an hour. We have another situation where we're going to start off in the mid-70s but close in the mid-60s. If you're not getting runs early, it's going to be harder and harder and harder. That wind's not dying down as the night goes along, and it's just going to make the ball fly a little bit less, get those relievers in there. And, uh, you know, the Nats relievers, they're kind of like the A's in that they grade out terribly because they have no depth. But they got a couple guys who are decent. If the Nats are in this, they use those decent guys, it's going to make the under even more appealing. If the weaker pitchers for the Nats get involved, then we could have a lot of runs in the heartbeat. But I'm thinking the Nats hang in there and they use their better relievers. That's going to make the under even more likely to hit. Again, model says 8.4, but I really think 8 probably makes a lot more sense as a total. Under 9 around even money, way too good to pass up. And then a late game for you here, Cubs at the Angels. It's it's not this simple, but it kind of is this simple. I think people just don't realize that this Cubs team is like 14 right-handed hitters. I'm not even sure they have a lefty on the team at this point that's healthy. Like, maybe I'm wrong. If you're a Cubs fan, let me know who the lefty is. It just – the discrepancy I see on the Cubs – between right-handed and left-handed rankings on this one just tells, like without even looking at the roster, just tells me like the model's pulling in all this stuff. I've automated all that. Just telling me it's like an entirely right-handed team. It's like maybe one lefty, maybe. But it's kind of as simple as like, hey, the Cubs are playing a lefty. They might have some value. Cubs are playing a righty. I don't want any piece of them, right? This Cubs offense can really struggle. Even against a lefty, they can struggle, but they got a chance against a lefty. Against a righty, I don't like their odds. I like Jaime Berea. He's not as good as that 159 ERA, but the advanced metrics is the area should be in the mid three. That's plenty good and plenty good to handle a Cubs right-handed heavy offense. Angels minus 125 is a B-grade pick. I'm very comfortable locking this in now. I doubt it gets better. It almost never does with the Angels involved. If it does drop to minus 119, that's an A-grade play, but I'm not holding my breath. But I'm very happy to put a little bit of coin here on the Angels. Talion is not as bad as that 70 RA, but I think that Berea is the better pitcher. Angels offense is a lot better. And the only area that the Cubs have an advantage is the bullpen, but it's not by a ton. Really? The biggest area that the Cubs have an advantage in the bullpen really is their depth more than their back end guys. The Cubs back end guys really leave a lot to be desired. So if they have a lead, it's not like they've got the shutdown guys to handle. They just have the depth in case Tyon struggles, but if Tyon struggles, then that means the angels have got some runs anyway. So it's kind of a win-win situation, right? Either the depth's not going to matter, or if it does matter, it's because we've already got the runs backing the team or for the team we're backing. So angels minus 125, pretty good play model. So it should be minus 132 that they win this about 57% of the time. And the angels are a solid play. And like I said, it's not this simple, but kind of a little thing to remember in the back of your brain is look at who the Cubs are facing righty versus lefty. And that probably tells you which way you want to be based off of how they've looked here the last couple of weeks. Total on this one's nine. Model says 9.2. I'm not touching the total. The other ones I kind of had a lean or here's where I'm thinking. I'm not touching this one at all. I think nine's pretty well priced. It's going to be a chillier night in Anaheim, low 60s, but the wind will be blowing out close to 10 miles an hour for most of this game. I think that the Angels can score some runs on Tyon. I'm not sure how many they score on Berea. I think nine's pretty good. I have no feel for this total whatsoever. But again, I'm very comfortable playing the Angels. It's a B grade according to the model. I'm kind of okay playing them as an A grade. 
if that's something you're down with, I think there's a lot of value on the Angels here. Given the fact that I think Berea is pretty good right-handed in the Cubs, I just don't see him having a lot of success against the righty. So I'm kind of looking at this one saying official model grade might be a B, but I'm kind of thinking about maybe let's play it as an A grade. I think the Angels make a lot of sense here to wrap up your Wednesday night. And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. Shuffed right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more sports betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.